Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. How are you? It's our weekly podcast, and we've got some really great stuff for you today. It's very exciting. It's that love red month with the heart kind of thing, and you're supposed to feel good. But, you know, a lot of people don't feel good. They don't know why they don't feel good, but they just don't feel good because in your mind and in your head and everywhere in your heart, love is supposed to feel good. But you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't feel good. So we're going to be talking about that today. But the bigger questions that I have for you are, do you ever wonder if you are in love versus that you simply love somebody? Because believe it or not, there's a difference. And we're going to talk about what that difference is. And also my other question for you today is, do you really only feel comfortable in a relationship when you know the other person loves you more? Is that because you feel safer? Is that because it just is the way it is? I want to talk about that today, too, because that's off balance. Come on, give me a call, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. I have a very special in my studio guest, exciting. I can't tell you who it is until you stay tuned. So give me a call, one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Anybody who calls gets a free signed copy of my book, Side by Side, the revolutionary mother-daughter conflict resolution book. Who does not have a problem with their mother if you're a daughter or a daughter who is a mother or whatever that is? Because you could always use it for something. As somebody told me today, that you could use it as a weapon and beat your mother with it. So <laughs> let's do that. It's there for you. one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Today I would love, and it's with great pleasure, to introduce my guest, Ms. Debbie Gutierrez. She is a hilarious comedian on a mission to prove relationships one laugh at a time. During her 17-year career, and trust me, she does not look like she's even 17, she's gone from high school teacher to international performer and is a regular at premier comedy clubs in Los Angeles and around the country. Debbie has appeared on Lifetime, Showtime, NBC, CBS, HBO, as the eBay girl and much more. And I know her from a PBS show that she used to host that I was a guest on called A Place of Our Own, which was a very loving, nurturing show, helping caregivers, parents, and anyone who had any contact with children, how to take care of kids, how to get resources, and how to just love your child to make them a healthy adult. So welcome, Debbie. Debbie. Thank it's you, Dr. So Sophie. Nice to it's see nice you. to see you. This is interesting. Now you'll be interviewing me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me, what have you been up to? I have been uh, touring yeah. uh, with a show called Love, Lust, and Lunacy, Ooh. which is uh, my one-woman show about my marriage and uh, the things that we went through in my marriage, in our marriage, and um, tell the story of when we separated, almost got divorced, and how all that came together and how we're together today. And it really resonated with audiences. And we sold out six weeks. We sold out. Wow. Because people are really, they really want to hear a story that they can relate to. Absolutely. They don't want to just hear a story. They want to hear that everybody goes through these things and don't get scared Mm -hmm. when it doesn't feel like it's working. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not supposed to work all the time. No, it's bumpy and it's ugly and and it's chaotic. And the story I tell in my show is I was a mom, I was a working mom, and we the relationship took the back burner, the kids were up front, and then I started to get resentful. About? Being everything to everybody. And nobody anything to you. Exactly. Yeah. And so my husband, we got in a fight, and he said, if you don't like it, there's the door. Mm-hmm. And I said, 
I think I want the door. Right. <laughs> like people on the other side of the door can find their car keys and they right. don't overdraw draw at the ATM and, and they know how to flush a toilet right. and they, you know, carry their own money. And and so um, that's where the story uh, starts in the middle of the show yeah. is when I took the door. And what I realized when I was by myself and what he realized when he was by himself and how our family was out of order and we had to put it in order so that we could protect ourselves from things that happen in the outside world that are going to happen. happen. And you got to deal with exactly. them. People are going to die. People right. are going to have long-term illnesses. Yeah. Children aren't going to be at their best. Children are going to fail classes. Right. Someone's going to lose a job. Those things happen. Right. And how do you get through them without exactly. falling apart? Right. You can't let it define who you are to each other. And so this show is comedic and funny and it is cheerful. hilarious it you i have you laughing i can't wait i have you crying i send people home with homework good you know in relationships to, very neat to, oh yeah it, i want to come oh it is you know it's fantastic and it's better than than marriage therapy because in marriage therapy i think men especially feel like they get dragged there absolutely and then they're put on the spot right you know and nobody likes that so i tell them the truth about who men are how they think how they process, if you want to talk to one, how you should talk to one, it's wonderful. It's good, good for show. you. I yeah. can't wait. To, so where do we find this? Um, it'll be back on its feet probably in about six months. I oh, know good. that Vegas is looking at it to put up at one of the casinos, one of the hotels. Ah, yeah. very neat. Because it's, you know, the, the place where it's people come draw. to get married. Yeah, absolutely. To hear the honest, wonderful truth about love, lust, and lunacy, I talk about BJ Thursdays Ooh. every Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's even, my favorite. I know, and even my pastor came to the show and he approved of everything that I said. Absolutely, he says, Thursdays were okay. Absolutely, he says you don't think we're saying this in marriage counseling? Of in course a we way. are. In a, well, sometimes in the same way, right? It, but if it's not in a good way, like you're doing it, they don't get it. Sometimes exactly. it has to be in language that is acceptable and safe, but funny. Absolutely, and these guys may never get to a church. These guys may never absolutely. get to a seminar. You absolutely. know, or sit on somebody's couch to get some marriage. Therapy. Exactly. They're but just going to figure what's going on in my life. Right. But they'll come and they'll have a beer and go, you know what? That is why I think that, you know, that's funny. And that's why I respond like that. And that's why I get scared when you nag me. And that's why I want to confront you and, you know, just all these amazing things. Do you use the audience to participate? No, not because you never know when you go into the audience right. what you're going to get. Right. But at one point, I do ask the men to whisper something in their wives' ears that they may have never heard in their whole relationship. And what happens? That's kind of neat. I talk about the media and how the media has us believing that men want us to be a size two and look this side of 21 and have everything lifted and tucked. And the real thing is a man just wants to feel safe with his girl. He wants to be the hero. He wants her to lean into him. He wants to be confident with her. He wants to, yep. uh, 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 and then right. afterwards go, let's go get a cheeseburger. Right. And she goes, yeah. Exactly. And, and so I asked men on Facebook, what turns them on about their women? And the responses I got were amazing. Of course, you're going to get the boobs and the butt. Right, right, right. But I got the small of her back, the back of her neck. I like when she comes out of the shower, the way she smells. I like her hand is so small, it makes my hand feel big. So I realize men have these things that they think about their spouse, but maybe never tell them. And they never communicate them ever. So I turn my back and I say, tell her now. Take her and whisper and tell her that one part of her body that makes you just lose your mind. And they do. And from that moment on, you see these couples physically connect right. and they're holding hands. And that might be the first time that he's ever said that and that she's heard it. Right. And they feel a connection. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I want to come. Women should not be beating themselves up.
Not at all. But why no. do they? I think the media has a lot to do with it. Yeah. How we should be, what we should be. And I think that the, your best gauge is the guy that you're with. Yeah. Ask him, what do you want more of from me? Why do you think they don't ask? Because nobody tells us to ask. Yeah. I don't think society really supports us communicating with our men. They're telling us what we should be telling them. And they're not I'm, safe. Right. Because you then know, they'd be vulnerable. Right. You want to be safe in a, con- in a conversation with a man? Go do something with him. Don't sit. And talk to him. Yeah. Don't he doesn't s- want to feel. He wants to think. Right. And he doesn't want to sit face to face with you looking in his eyes. Right. Because he's going to feel. Right. Because that's how women talk. Women right. talk face to face. Yeah. It's we'll, emotional. Yes. And we'll go for coffee and we'll sit across the table for hours. Right. Men, when they talk to each other, they're walking, they're hiking, they're, they're uh, playing They're distracted. Ball. They're distracted. Right. So you want to have a good conversation with your guy. Go be physical with him. Do something. Take a walk. Right. I mean, I have to tell you, some of the, the couples that I've worked with, the ones that get back together quicker are the ones that have already had a history of being almost buddies. They yes. go to the gym together. They hike together. They yeah. build stuff together or they go to Home Depot together. They yeah. shop, whatever. And there's a way to ask questions. I think a lot of times when women want to talk to men, they want to talk about themselves. Right. Ask questions about him. Ask him. Ask him. It can be funny. Have you ever eaten dog food as a kid? Right. And usually they have, and it's at as, as a dare. Right. But, you know, he's talking about something in his childhood that's funny. Ask him, what superhero do you want to be? Ask him fun stuff that gets you to get to know him better. But I think you make a good point. Society doesn't really send that message, no matter how, how much we think we have evolved. I don't mm-hmm. think society allows women or gives women the message that it's safe to be an equal to your man. No matter where we think we've come, I don't think women believe that. Right. All right, so we're going to do some good love and stuff today? Okay. All right. So on the phone, we're going to go to the phones in a little while. We're going to talk a little bit about what is really love and what is really a relationship. And, I mean, Debbie, what do you think when somebody says, you know, I can't be in a relationship if the other person doesn't love me more? That's a scary place to be in because that can lead to abuse. Right. It can lead to you changing yourself to always be for that person. And when that person leaves, he takes part of you with him. A big part of you with him. A big part of you. Yeah, you you should never let anybody dictate who you are. Right, or what you need. Right. And so if somebody doesn't feel comfortable in a relationship where they're entering it because of that mere fact that the guy loves me more and that feels good, what would you tell them? Find things that make them love themselves more. What is it about him that is making you love yourself more? Is it because he makes you feel beautiful? Then right. feel beautiful on your own. Right. Is it because he makes you feel like a winner? Then find ways to be winning on your own. And should she enter that relationship? Then? I don't think so. Right. You know, I don't and, think she should yeah, either. And be careful that he's putting her down because that also says something. If you need to be put down to feel good, that's bad. And yeah. it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. Do you know why? You know why women want that? No. And I'm curious. They don't want it, but that just feels like an old shoe for them. Because they're used to it. And somewhere in their past, either what their parents or they watch what their parents did or their interaction with their father, if it's a woman, most likely, they were always put down or things were done in a negative way. And so they've gotten used to feeling like the only way I feel fulfilled is when I'm in that space, whether it's an abusive space or a put down space, but I'm a victim. And if I'm not a victim, I don't feel like I'm home. But if it's hurting so much, why don't they get out? Because they don't know any different. See, they've only known hurting. They've only known the interaction with a man is when it feels this way. 
So anything new is scary. Mm. So the new scary, even though it's healthier and won't hurt, it'll hurt in a different way to them. It's that newness, and they don't want to risk it. And that's the part of the treatment that's really imperative to get somebody to be able to move forward and try that new feeling. Well, before they get treatment, chances are they're going to talk to girlfriends. Exactly. So as a girlfriend... What would you say? What would I say? How would I support that? Well, you tell them as best as you can that it's not healthy, and you let them know that they're seeking it out because it mm -hmm. feels right to them, and it feels right because that's all they know. Mm -hmm. But when you have a, ho a positive interaction and it feels good, don't be frightened by it because that fear is what sends them back to the unhealthy one. Right. And just show them that that's being a victim when mm -hmm. you keep putting yourself in that position. Right. And being a victim feels like home, but that's not the real home. Right. There's a better home. Yeah, a better <laughs> emotional home. Yes, absolutely. But they grew up in an emotional home where they were a victim. And that's why they don't want a different one. Right. And it's really trying to get them to do uh, that shift over. Mm -hmm. Scary. Very. All right. So, you want to take a call? Sure. All right. I think on the phone we have Tanya. Tanya, you have Debbie and Dr. Sophie. <laughs> how are you? Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for calling. Oh, sure. Thanks. Thanks for being there. <laughs> how can we help you? I suppose I'm having a little bit of a, a hard time getting over a guy I was dating for about three months and... Um, I'm sitting here feeling like all of these things are my fault. I shouldn't have brought up that I want to have a family so soon. I shouldn't have started calling him a boyfriend after three months without asking his permission. All of these things. And um, he was recently divorced, so I have a feeling that that might have something to do with why it didn't work out with us. It's because I wanted a, a serious relationship, and I guess timing-wise, maybe he didn't. But I guess... In my heart and in my gut, I kind of feel like if it was a great match, if he thought I was really special, he would have held on to me even if maybe the timing wasn't right for him to have such a serious relationship. He would he would know that I'm special and he wouldn't let me go. Go ahead, Debbie. I'm it. stymied. I Wait. feel like I feel like this is good cop, bad cop, and you're yeah. good cop, yeah. and I'm bad cop. And uh, I think it's because, you know what, I'm a comedian. I work with men all the time. And I Sorry shoot, to hear that. <laughs> I, no, I love men. I love men. I shoot from the hip, Tanya. And while you were talking, there were just tons of red flags going up for me. What you know? were they? Tell me. Three months. Three months. It takes me longer to put up my Christmas tree, you know. And take it down. And take it down. <laughs> um, but three months is such a blip on the radar. Yeah. First of all, you said asked him permission to call you his uh, girlfriend. girlfriend. There were just so many red flags there that you put yourself in a situation to let this guy make all the choices for you and for this relationship instead of something that you came together. Do you think it was a rebound for him? Uh, that's, you know, that's what everybody's saying is that you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm fun, it's exciting, um, I'm very easy to get along with. I guess, yeah. you know, yeah, everyone was like, wow, what a great rebound that was for him. But the good thing is, and, um, but I think the good thing, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but oh, that you were able at the end to say, you know what, I, I got to go because you see that there's good stuff about you and you pulled yourself back. Well, I wish I could say that, honestly, but the truth is is that, you know, he made the call once again, and he just said that I don't think we should see each other for a while because I've got to go take care of myself, go be alone, if there's no other woman, blah, 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 blah. And um, I did handle it differently than I have in the past if I've been broken up with. I just said, I think that's a really good idea because I'm not happy. Right. Well, uh, that's the I'm healthy not, part. I'm not getting what I want. That's very healthy. But it's also healthy for him to be able to say to you, it's not somebody else. I just got to get myself together. So this I just might... think that's a lie. Why? <laughs> not that there's somebody else. I just feel like the truth is, is that he's just not that into me. Like that mm. book says. Then good know? that you know now. Good you know now at three months rather than three years. Yeah, but I'm the guy here. So I don't know why you don't believe him. 
I suppose it, that after three weeks, he broke up with me uh, because he said that I want a commitment. I want a committed relationship, and he doesn't. Yeah. And then he yeah. came back two weeks later. So he said the same thing after three weeks, which is I need some time alone. I need some space. I have things I have to figure out. And then he came back to me, and I said, why did you come back? Uh, he said, I missed you. I right. said, well, of course you missed me. I'm pretty fun. Yeah. Right, but- and he just said, well, um, I still don't want a commitment. Right. Well, then why didn't but- you believe him? Because I listened to other people who said, well, then, Tanya, why don't you go out with other people, too? Then this is great. Then you guys get to start off slowly and not have commitments to right. the other people, and then you get to know if he's the one for you or not. The catch is that neither one of us saw other people. He called me every night. Uh, we were the we decided that we were only gonna we were gonna be monogamous, and not sleep with other people, but be open to dating other people. And that just doesn't work. Yeah, it does. I mean, come on, you got to be adults here and self control and and respect it. I mean, if you found people somebody that is really cool and you get into, go slow. Then you know he's got crap to clean up. Yeah. And if if a, yeah. if commitment is high on your list, and he's not giving it to you, I don't understand why you don't move on. Because I doubt myself, because I doubt yeah, it's self-esteem. that's okay to ask for commitment. Maybe it's, too, maybe it's not right to ask of that, especially from somebody who just got divorced. So, Well, it's probably not. And if he's telling you, I, I care enough about you, and I came back, and I missed you, you should see that as the good stuff. They're called the strengths of the relationship, and then kind of just hang with it for a little while and give him time to heal, and he'll come running like a cat with food. You don't think she'll be wasting her time? Waiting for him? Yeah. Well, she won't be waiting. She'll date others as well. But she's got to keep in the back of her mind he's got good bones, Mm -hmm. and he's got the brains to say to himself, I'm going to clean it up, and I'll come back. Mm -hmm. But let's not lock ourselves to each other. And Mm -hmm. if you believe in yourself, which is maybe the issue of self-esteem, Tanya, Mm -hmm. if you believe in yourself, then you'll let it go and date around, and you'll see if he's even right for you, and you'll know that he's right and you're right for him. But you got to believe in you. I think I scared him away. I have this. Yeah. I'm, 40, I'm 41, and I have this thing in my mind about how I want to have a family, and it's so late, and this whole timing issue, and I showed my crazy about that pretty, crazy. pretty yeah. quickly in the relationship. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> scared him. that so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you scared him, and your eggs were taken yeah. and all that. So what does she do then? If she's, if she's 41, right. she wants to start a family. Right. She wants to look for a man who doesn't have this baggage that he has to unpack. Right. Well, number one, what I would do is, honestly, if you're really ticking, you could put your eggs on ice if you have to. But number two, I would see if he has enough bones for you and you really felt a connection, then give it a a month or two to see where he's at. Mm -hmm. But if you give him that space and you don't call him back or you don't chase him. I've been really good. No emails, no texts, no phone calls, no Facebook messages, nothing. And get on with your your life. Date other people and see where that goes. Give it about a month and see what happens. And he'll come back. But he'll come back in a healthier way. And when he comes back, don't glob onto him and scare him. <laughs> well, who knows? I might not be available. Though. Exactly. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. Or you have a choice. Right. Or you have a couple guys to choose from. Right. But you got to believe in yourself. <laughs> believe in I you. I think I just need to be more positive and yeah. not uh, quite so negative, which a lot of people in this town are. They're like, oh, there's no good men in this town, and oh, especially when you're over 40, and it's like, oh my God, if I really listen to all of that, I will never leave the apartment. Right. You'll be in a panic all the time. Right, which I am. Right. No, believe in yourself and (laughs) calm down. There's a lot out there. And it doesn't mean you have to have somebody that's, you know, as long as they're over 30, 35, you could be a cougar. (laughs) Oh, that would be so 
special. Right. You can raise him. Right. You can raise him all by yourself. <laughs> to the man you want him to be. Right. And then... <laughs> And dump them. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. you And and look at the good things in you. Sometimes I think women, before we, you know, get into a relationship, we should ask ourselves, hey, am I such a prize? Right. And, you know, work on the things for you that you want to improve about you. And that way you're taking a healthy person into the next relationship. And that healthy person is you. And, and, you know, I think my... I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's just as you were saying that I realized that, you know, my siblings and my, my, my friends were all pointing out that this guy came to meet my family. He introduced me to all his friends. We threw dinner parties. He called me every night. He was actually acting as if he were a boyfriend. He just didn't want to commit to that, but he was already doing it. And so I guess in the future, I allow somebody to set the pace. I allow somebody to set what, the, what it is instead of having some sort of control over it, and I don't know how to get that. I don't know how to do that in relationships. You know, he was sending you a mixed message. I get that. I get it, too, yeah. But the other part of it is, read those messages. Always read the behavior of the other person, not just their words. And, I mean, if he's following through and he's doing that stuff, it means he has the feelings, but he may be acting on them too quickly. So, you know, just slow it down, and I really would not do much. If he's acting that way, read the behavior, but see if it's reinforced and he's consistent with it. If he doesn't and he falls off, then he was just doing it because he was excited and it was new and maybe he has to rethink it so again when he broke up with me he said well you know i said well i'll miss you but i think you need to go take care of whatever you need to take care of i want you to be happy and i want to be happy right which is, you know i just had to bite my tongue and like, right. sound really calm cool and collected and right. he said, well it's not like i'm going to fall off the face of the earth you can text me or email me or call me and i said no right. actually i don't think that's a good idea i think right. there should be no contact you're asking for space. And you know, otherwise, that, just go back to being the same exact thing. So. That's so important that you say no to him because that can become the start of like a little bit of an abusive relationship where he feels he can grab you anytime you anytime, need. Anytime, yeah. And you said, no, well, cut it off. I did. I went back to him. Right. Everyone was like, why did you go back? Right. Yeah. right. And what a, what a prize for somebody, if they want to control somebody, to control somebody who's vivacious right. and gregarious right. and healthy and fun. Right. right. You know, it's no fun to break down the girl that's already broken down. Exactly. You know, that's an easy, that's <laughs> right. easy. Right. You take know? somebody strong and take your anger out on whatever and right. beat them down. So don't don't let them do it. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. All right. You are really great. Be I strong. I so much. All Have right. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. So what do you think about that? I mean, there's a healthy piece of this woman. Mm-hmm. She's 41, and Absolutely. she was able to say to him, no, but I don't think women that are not 41 are going to be able to do that. And I think many women find themselves in these messes where they get led on or they have feelings stimulated and somebody's going to go meet their family and all that. And then yeah. before you know it, they're like, oh, you know what? I want to take a break. A couple things about that that I want to talk about. One is I think it's amazing that men know when they need space and they take it. And women don't do that for ourselves. Why? I do you think they don't know it or they don't want to know it? I don't think that we do it. I just don't think it's in our our DNA to go and find comfort in solace. But do women know it, though, that they need it? They should. They should take a page from the book of what is a man that says, I need space. I need to think about this. I don't need anybody else's words. I can make up my own mind. I will be back, but I need to go over here for a while. But why don't women do that? Are they afraid? Are they afraid that some, the man will find somebody else? Because for a woman 
if one of my girlfriends is hurting, I'm going to be with her. I'm right. not going to give her space. Right. That's a very unloving thing for me to do. Because it doesn't feel like a natural thing. No. But for men, it does. Yes. Right. So for a woman, I want to comfort her and love her and right. talk to her and it's talk emotional. to her. It's emotional. Yeah. So if I were to say, go and just be by yourself, that's right. a very unloving place. Right. So I think that's why it's women. cold. Yes. So women don't do that with ourselves either. Right. You know, because I it's it. unnatural and it's cold and it's like we need comfort. We need to know what right. other people think. This is a village. Yeah. It takes <laughs> Help the, me pick right. my man. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Taking it down to the drill to the doctor level, it's a hormonal thing. It's Is a it? testosterone versus an estrogen mm-hmm. thing. Women, estrogenic, much more warm and feeling and fuzzy and connected. And men, use your brain, testosterone mm-hmm. animal. Absolutely. Yeah, so, that's what they do. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think this. I think Tanya was healthy. I do too. I think that there's a couple things going on with her being over 40. Yeah. I think that women have to be direct with what they want. If babies are in the future, they need to be direct. And I think that's tough for a man to hear. And it is scary to hear, hey, yeah. I just want to hang out with you. I just want to go to a movie. I want to go to dinner. I mean, most men really don't want to be fathers until they're later and they're older. Right. And they're grown up themselves. Right. So <laughs> you have to be respectful of that. And I, you yes. know, and if a man is telling you, I don't want to have children, then you have a choice. Either you stay there and don't have children or you move on and find somebody right. that does want to have kids. But, but it, he's telling the truth. Yeah, but many women think, oh, I'll get him to change his mind. What? I'll give him that wonderful I'm the one. sex thing and yeah. he'll just be like mesmerized and he'll follow me everywhere. No, men will tell you exactly what's on their mind. All you have to do is ask I him. I know, but they think they'll pull him in and he'll change his mind and he'll be having a baby. And before you know it, they have three <sighs> kids and he's ready to leave. You know... You've heard that old story about you're walking in the forest right? and there's a snake mm. and the woman picks up the snake mm. and he's hurt. So yeah. she nurses it back to health and, and she gets him all better and she has him in her bed and the snake bites her and says, you knew I was a snake when right. you picked me up. Right. You know, That's so interesting. I never heard that. Then go pick up a teddy bear. Exactly. Tanya should get a teddy bear. Right. Exactly. A man will tell you exactly what. What, what his agenda is. It is what it is. It is what it is, and you got to accept it. And don't go to your girlfriends. They don't know. No, they don't know, <laughs> but they're also going to be more emotional with you, and you're going to get all blurry then. You know what my suggestion would be if a woman wants advice? What? Is to maybe talk to one of your girlfriend's partners. Yeah. Talk to her spouse. Talk right. to her That's boyfriend. That's a great idea. Because I go to Facebook all the time, and I ask men their thoughts on, for example, nagging. Right. Why does nagging sound different for a man? Because a woman goes, I'm not nagging. And he says, that's nagging. I went to men and asked them. Right. So I found out my answer from men. So I think if there's some good men in her life that she could find these answers to on how to approach a relationship with a man, yeah. I think that's that would be healthy for her. Good balance. Yeah. Okay. No, I think that's great advice. So how about we do a voicemail? Absolutely. We get go. all kind of communication here. All right. All right. Let's do a voicemail. 2012. Ooh. No more smoke signals for us. Uh, hey, Dr. Sophie. My name is Larry. I have a question about uh, relationships. I am uh, 55 years old, and my wife and I divorced about five years ago. And I started to date again just the last couple of years, and I'm finding repeatedly that the women I date, they're lovely women, but they, they tend to jump into a relationship very, very fast. There you go. And it seems like after just a couple of dates, they're talking about uh, blending our households and um, kind of going fast track down the, the path of dating, and I don't know what to do. I'm enjoying these women's company, and I want to continue to date them, but it's a little off-putting when they're fast-forwarding the relationship and it's not able to develop at what I would consider to be a typical pace. So I'm 
curious what you have to say um, in terms of what I might do to really give this relationship a chance to evolve and see where it goes as opposed to basically being turned off by um, some of this fairly aggressive behavior. Wow. What do you think, Ms. D? You know what? Women are, are aggressive nowadays. You know, and yeah. I have I have a desperate or aggressive aggressive. Oh, okay. I think they're aggressive, and I think like we were making uh, you know light of the fact that we have all this technology to at our fingertips. Hey, we can go to voicemail. Right. I think that's a problem too. Is it, that yeah. these women can contact these men immediately? They can text them. They can email. They can Facebook. They can instant message without having that process of just some separate time apart and waiting and and wanting it and exactly. having to think and exactly. feel about it over that time period. My heart breaks that my daughters will never know a love letter. You know, yep. my heart breaks that they won't know who's I wonder who's knocking at my door. Right. I wonder who's that on the phone. Yeah, there's no element of of surprise left to anything. Or courting. Right. You know, and and I think courting is so important for it's a man. Huge. It's huge for both people. Yes, absolutely. To make you feel wanted as a woman. Yeah. And for a man to feel like he is calling the shots here. I know absolutely. it sounds incredibly sexist, but I would imagine that there's a lot of DNA to back up what I'm saying. Absolutely. Here. But also you get to know the other person. You're not you haven't seen everything about them and the pictures of their friends and their mother all on social media or whatever right. before you even really have dinner with them. Right. Bad news. Yeah. It's too much. So what are you going to tell this guy? First of all, he just got out of a relationship. Right. I mean, to be divorced at 50, that's a lot 55. of... Yeah. I think he's been divorced five years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So he's 55 entering the, the uh, dating world. But so isn't it easier for men? Not if you have women good 10 years younger who want to start their families, like Tanya, the caller earlier, yeah, right. 41, that clock is bonging. Right. You know, she wants babies. You know, I think it is hard. I think in the courting process, that's where you find out where people's um, priorities lie. Is family important? Right. Is, is Are children important? I have grown children. Is that going to be okay to just have my grown children? I think those are all things that you find out with courting. And with dating. Exactly. But if you don't have that process, you don't ever get that information. Do you think that men should think or do think whether they want children or not? Like, should this guy sit there and say, do I want more children and really look at the bigger picture of his life and say, I either have some and do I want more? Or do you think he should just go by, you know, shoot from the hip and if he likes somebody, go oh, with them? You don't shoot from the hip when it comes to having children. Right. You know that. It's a right. huge decision. Right. But I think he needs to be okay with it by himself. Like, That's my question. Yes. He needs to decide on his own whether or not children are going to be part of his future. How would he do that? I, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think he waits for a, a young woman to come and then go, oh, And stir yeah. it up for him. Yeah, exactly. I think right. he should have some ideas of what he wants his future to look like. And if he already has grown children, if he's done that already and he's ready to move on with a different phase of his life. But I think that's something that the major decision should be made on his own. Right. Not let somebody 41 knocking on his door going, I have to have a baby right. in the next year. Right. And now he has to take all that into consideration. Right. Okay. No, I think that's absolutely right especially Absolutely. with children because if you rush somebody into children yep. that's just going to be a resentful place it i is. mean it's not like a dog they stay for years yep. i mean what do you do though he's 55 and mm -hmm. he is he gonna he what's he supposed to do i mean he wants maybe a long-lasting relationship and you know people his age he's not into 40s they still want to have babies what would you tell him think about having a baby is he too old to have a baby i think that's when 
you know, let's say he fell in love with somebody. Right. And that's what she wanted. Right. Then you have to start looking at the relationship and asking yourself, well, if this is what she wants, do I love her enough to give her what she wants? Is this relationship strong enough to take on a child? And do you think that it's a possibility that it is strong enough? I think so, but I think there has to be a lot of dialoguing, a lot of dialoguing about... Because he'll be 65 when this kid is 10. Yeah, and that happens. It does happen. That happens, and some people later in life love these children that came into their life later in life. They're more settled. You know, their finances are better. Given a newborn baby to 20-something who has so much going on. Right. They're a baby raising a baby. Exactly. But you know what the other part of this whole thing is when I have patients like this or people who ask me these questions... What's wrong with adopting? You can get a 10-year-old kid who's already 10 and formed and would join your family. But people aren't open to those ways of thinking oftentimes because they really have to get their own genetics out there. You know, there's so much greed. What do you think about that? I think that, that, again, society breeds greed. Right. And, you know, let's have a mini-me. Let's have somebody who looks just like me. Let's right. put let's put my eggs on ice until, right. you know, I'm done doing what I want to do, and then I'll have these children. I just think it's, you know, to be a parent, you really have to open your heart and be willing for it to live outside of your body for, you know, 20, 30 years. It's the biggest relationship you can have. Right. But does it have to be your own genes? No. No. See, and that's what, what I don't understand why people don't want to open their minds oftentimes to that. It has to be my stuff. Right. Why? Because then now you're not worried about your age or your eggs. That's or, my point. You know, yeah. Then you take the pressure off of these decisions and you get to know somebody. And then mm-hmm. at some point when you decide if that's what you want to do, you don't have to have your own. You can adopt right. and save a life and really do a whole lot more. You know, there was a story on the news this morning about a homeless couple, young couple. Yeah. And this woman came knocking at their tent, handed them a six-month-old baby. Beautiful baby. Beautiful. Who knows what her problems were. But this baby was healthy and beautiful. And I think of so many people who want these babies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're there. Yes, we have a good program here in Los Angeles called the Safely Surrendered Baby Program, Mm -hmm. where women can safely bring their baby to an an emergency room or a fire Fire station. station. And you'd be amazed at how many times a month that happens. It's a great thing that they feel safe enough to do it. But we're having two or three a month sometimes. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know it was that. I thought, you know, just the ones you see on the news no. a couple times a, oh, you know, no. a year. We have them often. And when really? we see the majority of it happening is while colleges are in session because <gasps> it's young women having an experience where then they find themselves pregnant, have a baby, and then they drop it off. But there are children out there is the point to adopt. Take the pressure off of a relationship that's just starting to get to connections that you feel that if you know you don't have a baby then that's not the right person for me right because that's a lot of pressure it is and and the voicemail and the caller before right i don't know again i think that society just in relationships it's all about me yep and when you're in a a healthy relationship like i am and you have children you find out it's not always about you. Yes, you have to take time and protect yourself now and then, right. and your family has to realize right. that you are right. or you beat, a huge contribution. Right. Or you get beaten down and angry. Right. But otherwise, it is working with five different personalities and attitudes, and you're all working for the greater good. Right. It's called a team. A team. Right. It's not just about me and how this person makes me feel about me. So earlier you were telling me that you left. Your yes. relationship. Were you beaten down and angry at that point? I was beaten down and angry, and I was letting my responsibilities define who I was. Yeah. And I didn't ask for anything. Why? From my husband. Why? 
I think maybe because I grew up in a culture, I'm Hispanic, and I grew up in a culture that, you know, you served, you served, you served. And I never thought to ask, can you make dinner? Can you grocery shop? Can you pick up the baby? And a lot of it was, Dr. Sophie, I thought I could do it by myself. Yeah. I thought I was good enough to do it by myself. And that, and, and, oh my gosh, and he would do it wrong. Right, of course. Why would I ask you to fold towels when you do it wrong? Well, if you're going to ask for help, let him do it. Let him do it. Right. And I learned that. That's right. when I came back. That was the, that in the arc of the show. That's what I learned. You know, sometimes that baby goes to bed without a bath. And, like and he it'll says, survive. Where is she going tomorrow? Right. Exactly. You know, she's not going anymore. But where? do you think you set that dynamic early on in your marriage where you didn't ask? And so you Absolutely. just got to a point where it was just not okay to ask because you didn't feel comfortable? I was raised in the 70s and right. 80s where women could do it all. And don't ask. And don't ask. I can do it all. You kidding? I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never let you forget you're a man. You know, you're, somebody's going to break. Somebody's going to break. You can't right. do it all. No. Nope. And the amazing thing is that when you turn around and ask for help, people will help you. Right. You just have to make yourself vulnerable. Yes. Why don't people want to do that, especially women in a relationship? It I seems think, like they don't feel safe enough. Yeah, because people are telling us that we can do it all and we're strong enough to do it all. And the feminist movement makes us feel like if we ask for help, we're weak. And that's not it. I think it's it, you're a stronger person for opening yourself and saying, I'm vulnerable or I need help or I'm a little tired or I'm blue or whatever it is. Can you help me? Men, and it's okay to ask. Absolutely. What do you think about how children are raised in a family and what impact that has on dictating how they pick their partner? So like how a boy interacts with his mother and how a girl interacts with her father and then the overall watching of the mother and father. Do you see that as an important thing? So important. Why? Because your daughter is looking at your husband because she's going to pick someone like him. He is the first man that fell in love with her right. unconditionally. Right. And she's going to pattern every single thing after him. Your son is seeing how his father treats his mother. Right. He's learning about simple ideas like respect. Holding doors. Holding doors. Right. Carrying something from your mother. Right. You know, the most effective thing my husband said to my son, stopped him in his tracks as a teenager, was, did you just talk to my wife like that? Not his mother. His, his Right. My husband's wife. Right. And so we make sure that those kids always know that the husband-wife relationship is the most important in our house. It has to be. It has to be. And that's why we separated was because it wasn't. Right. The kids came Got in first. the middle and they split it up too. And but I, you allow it. You do. And yeah. I have to tell you, it's all about it, this whole like gratifying yourself, right. gratifying me comes from the baby right. stage. You know? Absolutely. I taught school for years. And let me tell you, your kid is going to be one of 32. Right. And nobody's going to care that exactly. his hand was up first. Right. And he's not going to get rewarded on every right. single thing he does. Right. And so kids have to learn where their place is in a relationship. And I think kids want to see of a healthy relationship with mom and dad. That gives them that safety that right. somebody's in control. If a boy can push between his mother and father and become the surrogate husband, that's no good. Right. And vice versa for a daughter. Yes. So, yeah, yeah I think it, it starts at the top always. Absolutely. And it trickles down. Thank you. Thank you. Very great fun. information. I enjoyed this. I'm glad you're, we're going to have you back. Oh, thank you. So tell us more about where we find you. I am a uh, comedian who talks a lot about relationships. Yes. And I love men and I support uh, relationships. Yes. I will be at Flappers in Burbank on Valentine's Day. It's that a, sounds exciting. It is. It's a, it's a three-course meal, dessert, roses, bottle of red, bottle of white, whatever you want. Very nice. For 100 bucks a couple. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, 
restaurants are going to get busy and crowded. And, and, you know, can you see yourself with, you know, your significant other with that buzzer in your hand? Like, yeah. when are they going to call us? I want to have a romantic right. dinner. Right. Damn it. Right. And um, then you got to go home and have sex. Yeah. <laughs> but after you come to my show, you will be fed. You'll have some drinks. You'll be feeling loosey goosey. You're going to know what part of your body turns him on. You're going to know more about him, more about her. Even though it's a Tuesday, we can send everybody home with BJ Tuesday. Yeah, you can go home and park somewhere on the way home. Isn't go that parking. romantic? Yeah. Oh, man. Give them a list of places to go parking in the area. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. So warm them up and send them out. Absolutely. All right. So that's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Burbank. Day, Flappers in Burbank. All right. Can they call for a reservation? They absolutely can. I was there last year and uh, first show sold out. So I don't know how we're doing on ticket sales, but make your Valentine's reservations early. Be the hero. Very Be the good. hero. I already Woo! have it. Good for you. <laughs> good job. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We'll see me. you on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. Very nice. All right, so that was my wonderful guest, Debbie Gutierrez. We did a lot of uh, talking about love and relationships and dysfunction and how to avoid it and how to see it. And she talks a lot about herself, her relationship in real detail in her show, which I think we really have to take a look at and really go enjoy because it's a great way and a safe way and an enjoyable way to learn some of the things that are mostly uncomfortable for us to learn and hear. But I think if we do it in that manner, we learn a lot and we can go home and we can practice it. So... We had a good caller, we had a voicemail, and we have uh, a lot of great stuff on the internet on my site at www.drsophie.com. Please send in your emails, call 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767. I want to hear what you think, I want to hear what you have to say, some of the things that you want to talk about a little bit more. And again, my book, Side by Side, the revolutionary mother-daughter conflict resolution book, Who Doesn't Need That?, and please follow me on Twitter and Facebook for any updates on appearances or new podcasts that are coming out weekly. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And everybody, don't forget to sweep. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down.